episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sandborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellers is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sandborn's Boys today. So when the NHL got cancelled, I was actually just thinking about this. We were kind of like, well, what are we going to do to fill up the next weeks or months of podcast time? And even it was just like, I think it was just like the third week we felt like we were already tapped on ideas. That's when we did March Happiness. <laughs> and uh, now we have um, like 19 new NHL contracts signed within the past week. Most of them, the vast majority, are uh, European free agents whose you know contracts expired near the end of April. The KHL was April 30th. I think a couple other leagues were a couple days before then. So uh, entry-level deals and... A lot of the, a lot of those, like I think, sixteen out of the nineteen of them, are entry level deals from European leagues or from junior, maybe. I think only three of them are not entry level deals. So, but either way, that's a lot of, well, maybe not a lot of significant news to talk about, but that's some stuff. Yeah. Hey, we'll take it at this point. I mean, I think we're like fifty something days into this no sports world, and so if it's European free agents that they got, I'll take the European free agents. So. If we're going into probably the biggest bit of this uh, free agent period for the Habs, uh, they've been rumored to one of the bigger names uh, out of the European ones. It's a noted defenseman. He comes from the KHL. He played in the KHL last year. Uh, so, Miko Lettinen. So, apparently, he's got a bunch of suitors after him, the Habs included. I saw the Kings in there, too. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this guy, he shoots left. Defenseman. Looks like he can fill a pretty big hole for the Habs if he works out and comes over and signs with us. Yeah, before I even knew the Habs were necessarily interested in pursuing him, because obviously we hadn't really, you know, we don't follow the KHL that closely. We didn't never really heard of this guy before. But we saw, oh, this left-shooting defenseman who I think led the KHL defenseman in points. He had 49 points in 60 games, which are pretty good numbers for a defenseman. Even for a forward, they would be. And, um, yeah, so Montreal was obviously the first team I thought of because, you know, Habs fan. And left shooting the offensive defenseman sounds absolutely perfect for the team. So I had my eye on him right away from that. And then I think it was the score maybe who said like Habs, Kings, Devils are the front runners. So obviously my interest was peaked even more. If this guy would uh, would pick Montreal, then I don't know, trying to put it together now in my head. I haven't really spent that much time looking at the Canadians roster, but you'd have, I don't know, Weber, Petrie. You still have Mate, Kulak, Sherratt, who all shoot left. But maybe if you can manage to sign Miko Lennon, who could possibly even like the best left shot on the team immediately if he can, you know, transition smoothly into North American ice. That's not such a bad six. No, not at all. I mean, we've talked about the defensive problems on this team for uh, all of this season. And uh, I mean, look, you, you can't, it can't hurt to have this kind of player. Obviously, we're not totally sure what he is on North American ice. It's not like he, he hasn't he's only played in the KHL for that one year, right? Uh, and he really broke out. And so I don't know if he's a, he's a known commodity entirely, but I mean, I'm definitely for signing him. Uh, the, like with these European free agents, the cap hit is never that big, uh, although typically they're shorter contracts, right? But uh, look, the, the Habs have tons of caps, too much cap space to spare. They don't spend enough of it uh, year in and year out. And so look, if this guy, if this guy agrees to come to Montreal, uh, I know there, there's been some pretty recent success in Montreal. Radulov comes to mind. When it comes to the free agents that come over from Russia, uh, I mean, look, I I'm that would be great if this guy would, would join the Habs. Yeah, so I think because this guy doesn't have any NHL experience, that it would need to be an entry level contract, so maximum cap hit of nine hundred twenty five grand, and he is twenty six years old. So I think that means after the age of like twenty four, it has to be a one year deal. So no matter what team signs him. Uh, it would only be a one-year contract and it would walk him right into unrestricted free agency. But I mean, you know, if he likes it in Montreal, then I would say there would be a pretty good chance of locking him in for some term after that if all goes well. We're talking yeah, like we've already signed him. We haven't. Yeah, I know, I know. But if, if they end up doing it, there's no uh, it's a low-risk, uh, high-ceiling kind of signing. And uh, because it is an entry, there's like, as you said, you know, if the maximum is one year, 
so yeah, good luck to Bergevin. I know we've had our, we've talked about the struggles of, of other UFAs that don't come, that just have been from the NHL. Montreal hasn't been able to sign any big names. Maybe uh, maybe Bergevin finds his niche in the in the KHL free agents. Yeah. So um, out of all the other, well, not other signings because this isn't a signing yet. Out of all the signings that have happened this past week, the biggest name is Yaroslav Halak, who signed a one-year extension with Boston a couple days ago. It's a 35-plus contract, which means that there are there are a lot of performance bonuses in it, so he could pro- possibly get paid more than the actual cap it is because um, he turns 35 in, I don't know, like a week and a half or so. So anyway, the cap it is $2.25 million for who, at least if we're going on this past season, one of the league's best backups. Uh, if you want to talk about the type of player who would be the perfect backup for Carey Price being able to, because Halak, I think th- this year and last year, took like 30 games out of the 82, leaving Rask with about 50 to 55. And we talked about that. That was like the, our go-to example for like, look at how well Rask played deep into the 2019 playoffs because Halak was able to help, help Rask load be managed. So 2.25 million looks like a, a pretty low pretty low number for a lot of people and I agree but when you look at these bonuses that Halat could get up to three and a half million on the 35 plus deal it starts to make a little more sense yeah but even then man he helped out that team I should thought I mean the Bruins are very like tight up the cap obviously you know they got a bunch of older players right that they've locked up and so look uh, I think it's totally unfair um it pisses me off that Boston gets a great contract like this I know there's like what, 1.25 million in bonuses that he's almost definitely gonna get, uh, because what he, the condition is that he plays 10 games and he's done that both years with Boston. Uh, so it probably will end up being uh, three and a half million dollars. But the fact is, even if it is three and a half million dollars, because it's a, it's in bonuses, you know, it gives him gives Boston uh, flexibility with the cap because they can they can take it this year or they can move it to next year, right? When it comes to paying bonuses, uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 frankly I would pay three and a half million dollars up front uh, without blinking an eye if I was a Habs because this guy he's he's one of the best backup goaltenders in the league and at this point he's he with Boston he's like not even really a backup goaltender he's like a one B because he plays so many games right backing up Rask and so to get a guy like this who's who's constantly above average and then he's definitely you know as as a as a tandem goaltender three and a half million dollars uh, I think it's a total bargain. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really sure, actually, because I knew Halak was going to be a UFA. I kind of had a feeling he wasn't going to extend in Boston or that Boston wasn't going to extend him because they Boston has uh, another goalie, 21 years old, Jeremy Swayman, who just recently signed his entry-level contract and is coming off a 939 save percentage in 34 games with the University of Maine. So I was thinking, I don't know, Boston might... Uh, think he's ready to, to be the backup full-time. But, I mean, obviously, I don't fault them for saying maybe Swayman will go down to Providence for, for the year, and then after that, we'll hopefully be ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes sense. You can't rush a goaltender's development. We've talked about it uh, with Caden Primo. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he comes straight out of college. So, yeah, I'm sure some time in Providence will do some well. And uh, what's the rush? He's 21 years old, and uh, this contract isn't for – it's not a multi-year contract. It's one year. And so, yeah, Boston with another fucking smart move. Uh, pisses me off, and uh, I don't like it. So there are a couple other signings that happened this week that I want to mention, mention at least briefly. Uh, one of them is the Canadian signing they made. Not the Russian prospect that a lot of us were anticipating them to sign, but Arsen Kasemadinov, their sixth-round pick from last year's draft, who was also a triple overager, one of two triple overagers that went last year's draft. So he was 21 then, and he's 22 years old now. Um, center and he signed a entry level deal. I think it's two years. Yeah, with Montreal. So he's going to be turning pro next year probably. I expect with the Rocket, maybe with the ECHL. I know sometimes it's hard to get a read on like goals, assist points in some European leagues and how it's going to translate. Translate, but he spent most of the season in the KHL, and he ended with a goal and two assists in thirty one games played uh and in the the vhl which is kind of the khl junior league he was he had nine goals four assists for 13 points in 14 games played so that is you know shines upon him much better than the khl numbers do 
but I'm pretty interested to see how he's going to translate here because obviously Montreal is under no, you know, urgency to sign these late round picks because sometimes, you know, if they if they don't think they're going to pan out, then they just don't sign them. And I think with Kasamadinov and these Russian players, you hold their rights or at least some of their rights indefinitely. So they seem pretty sure that he's ready to make the jump over to pro hockey in North America. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that they ended up signing him. I know uh, you only have you only have so many of these kind of contracts, right, to give out. And, uh, you know, Bergevin had to make a choice. We talked about it, I think it was a month ago. We had a bunch of those prospectings, like we're only going to give one of them a contract. And so, you know, these are pretty, like, limited in terms of number. And to give a guy who was just drafted last year in the sixth round, uh, I think Bergevin definitely sees something uh, to give a guy. like And, and you read those numbers, they, they certainly don't jump off the page uh, for a center. Uh, and especially the KHL numbers. I mean, they're just kind of like, you know, three points in 31 games. Kind of worrisome, but I guess Bergevin sees something and uh, he wants to bring him over to North America and give him a shot. Because as I said, there's no limit on the, the rights from a, from a KHL player. And so, I mean, you got you to gotta think there's some sort of motivation here if, you know, they're bringing this guy over. Yeah, uh, I really hope that he does end up making the show eventually so we can... See broadcasters try to trip over his name. That's K H I S A M U T D I N O V, which I think is Kasamadinov or Kasamadinov. Uh, but I will very possibly be corrected on that at some point in the future. No, I mean, even his first name is Arson. Eh? Pretty fantastic. So uh, this guy's got a hell of a name. Uh, he was in our bracket, I remember, if I if I recall for him correctly. Uh, didn't yeah. make it too far. But uh, hey, you you got the contract now, uh, and uh, yeah, Arsene Kismetinov. I can't do it right either, but uh, yeah, hopefully <laughs> we'll see him in the NHL. Uh, so yeah, there are all these guys. You hope to see them. All right, is there anything yeah, else yeah. in terms of signings? Yeah. Uh yeah, well a few a few of these deals I want to mention a little bit. One of them, okay. uh, Senators signed Artem Zub, uh, a KHL free agent, twenty four year old, right shooting defenseman who had some pretty good numbers, I think. I don't have the page in front of me, but I looked at it earlier. I think it was about 20-something points in 50-something games, so not bad at all. The The joke I heard the other day when they signed him was that the Senators really favored him because his nameplate would be the cheapest one to get, his last name just be, being just three letters long. <laughs> of course. I mean, uh, I don't know much about Arden Zub. Uh, he's got interesting stats, right defense. Uh, and uh, Ottawa got him. I mean, look, Ottawa's trying to stash up on uh, cheap guys because – our fucking owner can't pay anybody expensive, and so uh, he fits right in the model. And as you said, the nameplate, I'm sure, will be cheap. All right. Uh, so let's see. A couple other ones here. Vancouver signed Nils Hoglander to his entry-level deal. You might remember him. He scored a couple lacrosse or Sveshnikov or Michigan goals, whatever you want to call them, at the World Juniors for Team Sweden. So he's got a very high ceiling. Might even make the connect next season. Um, also, Eustace Anunen, who was fantastic for Team Finland at the World Juniors this past year. Signed his entry-level deal with Colorado. And uh, one interesting one I want to point out, Dustin Wolf, a goalie who was drafted in the seventh round last year. Wait, was it last year or the year before? I Wait, let me just check that. Uh, yeah, last year, 214th overall to the Calgary Flames. And you might remember this one because he had fantastic numbers with, I think, Everett of the WHL. He had like a 935 or something in his draft year. And people were saying he should go in like the third or maybe in the second round. Um, and But what happened was because he is not very big for a goalie. And we talk about with other players, like, you know, especially forwards, defensemen, how being, you know, size isn't as important or isn't as perceived as, as important as it used to be. So, but with goalies, that's kind of the opposite thing that has happened. Whereas you used to see a bunch of like five for 10 goalies. Now, because the goaltending, you know, the studies on, what makes a good goalie have, have advanced so much that you can see that since everyone is always playing the angle so well, that being bigger than your opponents or as in the other goalies really makes a big difference. So, so you've got, you know, the average height for a goalie is, I don't know, six, three, six, four. So someone like Dustin Wolf, who's six foot, there were, there are a lot of doubts about whether he would be able to succeed higher than junior level. And I mean, there still are, but the fact that a 935 goalie in junior who did that in his draft year and this year um, fell all the way to getting almost undrafted is kind of surprising. And he was kind of shaken up at the draft. I remember seeing that. So good for him to secure 
that entry-level deal with the Flames, and he's a name that I'll be looking out for and rooting for in the future. Yeah, it seems that maybe it's one of these market inefficiencies, right? Uh, market inefficiencies uh, that we might be seeing in the NHL coming up because, look, it's just big. The goalies are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, obviously, the number one name that comes to mind for the really huge goalies is Ben Bishop. I think he's like six foot six. He's massive. Uh, and so you got a guy like Dustin Wolf. Uh, I mean, he's he's not short by any means. He's six feet tall, but uh, you know, short by NHL goalie measures, I guess. And so, yeah, to see a guy fall like that, he's, he was fantastic last year. And I look at his stats this year, he's got another 935. And so he's been killing it in the WHL. And so he's doing something right. Uh, and so, I mean, good for him. He falls to the seventh round, but then to secure the contract the year after uh, for a seventh round pick is pretty impressive. And so good for him. And uh, look, if, if he's compensating for the height, that means he's probably mega skilled. And it looks like Calgary got a pretty big steal in the seventh last year. Yeah. Um, and they might need a goalie at some point in the future. I don't know what David Riddick, uh, if he'll be able to repeat this last season's performance. So anyway, I think that's it on, on the contract talk, the new contracts. There are a couple other names. Ben Harper signed an extension with Nashville that kind of, you know, turned a little, what, what's the expression I'm looking for? You know, confused people, but whatever, not such a big deal. That's a minor league defenseman at best. So anyway, the big piece of news besides those contracts even not besides those contracts, actually, the big piece of news that people were talking about this week was that it seems increasingly likely that the NHL is going to be having their draft in June, probably even earlier than it would have normally happened, uh, like near the end of June. They're talking like in the beginning of June. So maybe in a month's time, we'll be talking about the draft just coming up in a few days. And the big thing with that, we talked about last week about... Uh, why we don't think this is a very good idea. And a lot of people agree with us how it just doesn't seem like a logical thing to do if you're going to continue the season afterwards. But the NHL is saying, oh, you know, the people are starved for, for sports content, so we can give it to them and we can work it out. We can manage to have the draft before the season ends and work with the standings that we have right now. Um, so we can talk a little bit more about whether we agree or disagree with this notion. But after that, I'm going to want to have a conversation based on the notion that this is a good idea. Okay, sure. Well, uh, you know, I talked about it last week. I went on a bit of a rant. Uh, this is uh, just a cl- typical clown show NHL uh, that we see with basically every single topic. And uh, look, I don't know why the fuck you're holding the, dra- you're holding the draft even earlier than it was supposed to be. Uh, makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, we'll talk about the systems that, for what they'll, they'll pick, you know, the who's, who's get what's odds and whatever. Uh, but, uh, look, it's, it's, it's unnecessarily complicated and you don't even know if the season's going to go on. And so it's just, it's remarkable how they just don't seem to get it right. Uh, and, uh, I, fans don't like it. I'm looking at interviews with executives. They don't like it either. And so it just seems like the NHL just does what it's, does what it wants. Um, I think they're just trying to play the copycat with the NFL again, and they just want to like kind of capitalize on that draft success uh, as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, I totally disagree. And uh, yeah, that, that's that's my extent of the opinion. I just think it's stupid, and she, the NHL can't seem to get it right. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, this would be a different story if the NHL season were officially canceled, but it doesn't look like they're going to be doing that anytime soon. They seem for the most part, hellbent on finishing the 82-game season. Let's just say that, that made sense, and that's what they want to do. Okay, fine, whatever. Then there's also this other idea being floated around of the expanded playoff, 24 teams, that we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense that it would be either one or the other? Because if you're going to finish the 82-game season, then why wouldn't you just do go into the 16-team playoff? I would think that the 2014 playoff would be to make up for the fact that you wouldn't be finishing the regular season and to help those those bubble teams, you know, have, have a shot to get in on what those last, I don't know, 13 or 14 games of the regular season that they don't have. So it feels like it should be one or the other. So I don't think there's there would be a 2014 playoff. Am I missing something? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know at this point. It just seems that they're you're you're thinking it harder, you're thinking it through, uh, better than the NHL can. Because yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, well, what the hell? You you got this weird obsession with the NHL 82 game season, and then uh, even then they still want to push the 24 teams, and then you got teams like I don't know, freaking Anaheim or Buffalo making it to the playoffs. Uh, makes no sense to me. 
Uh, and so, yeah, if it, if it does go to 82 games, I don't understand why they're opposed to any sort of thing where it's like 16, where it's, why is it not the 16 teams? And, uh, I mean, if we're bringing it back to the lottery, it's just like, uh, look, you, you want to talk about the lottery system right now? It's, it's, what, what was it? They proposed going back to what was 2011 when they had the system where you can only move up a maximum of four slots and there's only one winner. Uh, and so, you know, you got teams like Detroit who are guaranteed the first and second overall pick. And teams like Montreal, you can't even really move up that much. Move up to, what, fifth overall? That's the best you can do, and that's if you win the whole goddamn thing. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's the deal behind that either. I mean, uh, look, it's it's not like these teams like Montreal or Buffalo have should have any shot at the Stanley Cup. And so why are you necessarily like putting them at a disadvantage in the lottery, a huge disadvantage in the lottery? You can't win the first pick, you can't win the second pick, you can't win the third pick, you can't win the fourth pick. And uh, you can't win the cup either because your team's kind of dog shit, uh, and it's not made for the playoffs because you sold at the deadline. Uh, it just it just seems like from every angle, the NHL has not thought this one through. Yeah. So I mean, if we're talking, so what the NHL was trying to do with this is to make it so that a team can't win the first pick and also make the playoffs. Which I understand that if you're doing the draft before the season finishes, which obviously I'll say it again, we don't like that idea, but if you're doing that, then that's a pretty normal thing to want to, to ensure. And if they do the 2014 playoff, then I mean, Montreal and Buffalo both have pretty good shots at making it. And the bottom five teams, which are I'm thinking Detroit, Ottawa, San Jose, LA and Anaheim, I think wouldn't have such good shots, but you're talking about like Anaheim being sixth in their division. So with this like top six teams in each division format, then they would be in. But I think it's my, maybe more likely that they do like the crossover wild card just instead of like seventh and eighth in the conference, like they usually do. It's like, what, what would it be? 11th and 12th. So that would, make it so that Chicago made it in instead of Anaheim in the West and the Rangers made it in instead of Buffalo in the East, if we're going by the current standings. So there's a lot of confusion going on because you have to take into account the current standings and then what the standings could possibly be after they finish an 82-game regular season, not to mention what kind of playoff format they would even go with because you would think that all else being equal, they would probably want to go with the option that takes the least amount of time to do right because you want to finish as early as possible so that you can start the next season as early as possible with a decent amount of rest in between right so 16 teams in the playoffs after an 82 game regular season with maybe a couple shortened rounds it's like you're barely shaving off any time at all and you only are really if you try to condense the end of the regular season and I guess there wouldn't be as much travel I don't really know yeah, I don't either. And if you think about it, and also, yeah, I've talked about, you know, quality of play if they were to continue the regular season. Well, what if teams know that if they make it into this 2014 playoff, if God forbid it ends up being 24 teams, uh, what if teams know that if they hop into that sixth spot and this team that sold at the deadline is not geared for the playoff whatsoever, uh, what, like, what just does it, it incentivizes them even more to tank. I mean, like, why do you even bother having these teams play? If they know that, you know, oh, if we make it into playoffs, we're going to probably face Tampa Bay in the first round uh, or, or some other juggernaut. We're the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, we're kind of dog shit. Our only addition was Wayne Simmons at the deadline. And uh, so if I'm a player, if I'm an executive, why would I be incentivized to win it all? I mean, we talked about problems with tanking. Uh, if it is a problem at all, but I don't think it is. But, you know, the other leagues seem to have a problem with it. Well, you're just incentivizing it even more because now there's only, what, two spots? You have to get the last two spots in the division or the last whatever spots in the conference, four spots in the conference, if you want a shot at winning the lottery. And so uh, it just seems that uh, you, you talk about comparative balance. It's not going to be great at all. You'll see teams like, like uh, you know, Detroit and Ottawa. What do you expect them to do? I mean, it's just, it's very confusing. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The main problem with the NHL is that they just seem to be thinking and prioritizing things in the wrong order. And, uh, you know, they're talking about the draft when they don't even know if the season's going to end. And so, you know, get it together and, uh, you know, get your fucking priorities straight because just figure thing, you know, figure something, figure these things one thing at a time in the right order. And the draft as the first thing is is almost definitely not the right thing to be thinking of first. 
first figure out if this is a pause, as they like to call it, or if you're actually canceling the thing. And if it is just a pause, then figure out when it's over. So then when then you can start figuring out when, what, what you want to do with the draft. And to have this draft talk right now, when we don't even know if the season's going to continue, it's frankly preposterous. Going back to something you said a little earlier, were you saying that like Buffalo or any other bad team on the 2014 bubble wouldn't want to make the playoffs because because what because they're not very good because I, I I don't I feel like that might be a little bit of a reach because in this scenario the draft has already happened so executives don't feel the need to tank anymore because this year's draft already happened so I think wouldn't they just embrace the chance to make the playoffs as a team that normally wouldn't I I feel like that's the much more likely thing. Okay right 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 the draft has already happened okay. Uh, might have convinced, confused a bit of things there, but but still, yeah, it just it uh, yeah. But uh, look, it's I don't know. This whole thing is uh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. But now going back to the draft order, it's just uh, it's like uh, you're not roar. It's like these twelve games mean nothing for teams like Detroit. Detroit's not going to make the playoffs. They don't, I don't know if they can mathematically make it to the playoffs. Even like surpass the last sixteen, the the sixth or the twelfth team in the conference. I like they're mathematically eliminated. And so, why is Detroit playing? You know, like, like uh, are their players motivated to win some games? Uh, like, uh, you know, and, and Ottawa, too. Like, these, these teams at the very bottom, where you, when you're, like, are these just, like, easy toss-up games for the teams that are playing them? Because, like, uh, if you're Ottawa, you can't make the playoffs, almost definitely, because you have to even, like, what, it's like 12 games, 14 games that they're going to end up playing? You can't catch up a team like that because your team is dog shit. And it's not designed to even make this kind of run, uh, even if it is twelve teams. And so, yeah, like, what, what's the, what are teams like that going to do? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what's, what's the deal yeah, there? Even if, even if the draft was going to be after the end of the regular season, that was one of the big complaints with finishing the eighty-two game schedule was that these bottom-dwelling teams like Detroit, Ottawa, New Jersey, Anaheim, San Jose, uh, after all these months off, they wouldn't care. And it would be very low-level hockey for them, being so far out of the playoff race. And they would basically be gifting these wins to whoever they're playing. Not to mention, possibly putting themselves at, you know, injury risk and exposure to COVID for, you know, nothing for them. They're playing for nothing, except, well, the fact that it's their jobs. But, like, still, there's no, you know, potential for playoffs or anything like that. And so that was the big complaint with that. And that's one reason, I think, why even though the NHL... As you said, they want to do the 82 games for whatever reason. The best thing would be to jump into the playoffs after maybe like, I don't know, a week or two of exhibition games because it's been, or maybe training camp, I don't know, because it's been pointed out a little bit, you can't just jump straight into the playoffs. But bringing back all these teams with no hope of making it, it's not the right idea. Yeah, absolutely. And and they want to talk about doing like these lottery odds that they want to do uh, for like next month. They want to use the points percentage to rank them. And so if you have no problem ranking these teams by points percentage for the lottery, what's the big deal with ranking them by points percentage for the playoffs? I mean, I, I don't get it. It's like they, they want to have a special thing for the playoffs when, you know, it's like it's it's, a spe- it's like fucking crazy times. Figure it out. Um, and I don't see what's so wrong with the points percentage. Obviously, you'll have some teams that are left out, and it sucks for them. But these are extraordinary circumstances, and you can't please everybody. There's always going to be a team that just misses. And so just figure it out with a points percentage. Cut it off at 16 teams and just throw them into the playoffs. You obviously have your exhibition. And then you don't have to see fucking Ottawa versus Detroit in, in, in August. And nobody's going to be watching that. If I'm an Ottawa fan, I don't want to watch the tank either anymore. Like, why the hell would I watch that game? Uh, and so, yeah, I, mean, just, I just feel like they, they wanted, they, they're fine with doing points percentage for the lottery. Why not for the playoffs? Yeah, uh, I want, if we can talk about a little bit more about this lottery system, explain it a little more. So basically, how it works is there's one lottery, and the winner of the lottery moves up four spots, and that's it. So basically, Detroit is would be guaranteed one of the top two picks. So under this format, either Lafreniere or Byfield is going to Detroit for sure, no matter who wins. And then also you have, since Ottawa has their pick and San Jose's, which are second and third last in the NHL, if a team that is below Ottawa, or like just below Ottawa, wins the 
lottery, then the worst that can happen is Ottawa gets third and fourth pick, which would be something like, I don't know, Tim Stutzel and Jamie Drysdale right away. Um, Ottawa, though, they would not be able to get first and second, but they could get first and third, I think would be their, their best case. Um, yeah, yeah. So basically, if either one of their two picks wins, then that pick would leap over Detroit and the other Ottawa pick would sit at third overall. So basically, these really low teams like Detroit, Ottawa, those are the two who would benefits the most. And other ones we're talking about, like Montreal wouldn't be able to jump up to higher than fourth. And that's on the off chance that they do win the lottery, which would probably be like a 7% chance or something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw the system before. I think you mentioned it was in 2011 when we last saw it. And uh, I'm not such a big fan of it. You're talking about teams that are lower down. Obviously, there's some bias here. Uh, and uh, if I'm an Atlantic team, I fucking hate it because uh, we're talking about Detroit and Ottawa almost definitely getting like three of the top four picks. And so as an Atlantic fan, as a team that would get shafted by this method, and because it's pretty stupid in general. I mean, I don't know why we're moving away. Why are we moving away from the, the, the old system? You know, like uh, these these three, you get, you know, just why do we, why are we changing the system? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, obviously, you know what? They, you don't want the team to win the cup and also have the first pick. Well, if they do, like, fucking congratulations. Like, I don't see the huge problem with that either. Like, I, like it's, it's if, if Montreal or Buffalo manages to win the Stanley Cup this year and they win the lottery, I'm not going to be fucking complaining. I'm just going to be like, fucking congratulations, even if it's Buffalo. I mean, you did it. Your team is doctrine, and you managed to win. You beat all the teams. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see the huge problem with, uh, you know, you win the lottery too, and you win the Stanley Cup. You just just have, the, like, yeah? I don't think the worry is win the lottery and the Stanley Cup. I think it's just you don't want a team to win the first pick and be in the playoffs at all. It just, you know, it seems like it goes against the whole idea of lottery. So in that sense, I can understand this lottery format as a one-off just for this season as something where guaranteeing no one's going to have Lafreniere and then also be in the playoffs. But I think we can both agree that out of all the things to complain about in the NHL, the draft lottery format that they've been doing for the past four years is definitely not one of them. We've talked many times about how much we love it. And I expect that no matter what shenanigans they choose to go with this year for the draft and the lottery and the playoffs, that I assume they'll go back to the old, lottery format next season not the old one the yeah. you know the one they've been using. yeah yeah the current one and uh yeah if they, yeah. If they change it they somehow decide they like this one better uh whatever they're gonna do this year that'd be ridiculous but uh i mean like if you if we're addressing the problem of uh we don't know who's gonna make the playoffs and uh you know uh we don't want to screw up the odds and have a team that make the playoffs and wins the win the lottery i mean then well instead of making this garbage system uh why not figure out what you're doing for the regular season you know, that's, that's like, why don't you just simplify things, have the, the, the current system that it seems a lot of people like, including both of us, keep it and just first figure out what you're doing with the with the playoffs and the regular season and who's going to do what. And, you know, it just seems like it's much simpler like that instead of this system, who, I, as I mentioned, nobody likes except for the NHL, just like Bill Daly and, his, and Gary Bettman. You got two guys who like it and all the other executive, all the other fans, they don't like it. They want the old system back. And so, yeah, even, even who was it, Steve Eisenman, uh, who in this scenario would get, like, first or second overall, he doesn't seem to like it either. Like he said, he doesn't like it. So, so if we're talking about even teams like Detroit, who would be, like, uh, number one beneficiary here, uh, they don't like it. I think it says something. And I think it says that it's not a very good system. And the NHL needs to get attention. Yeah. Um, you know, we're doing all this complaining right now about all these propositions, even though it does seem like this one with the June draft and this lottery system do have a little bit more weight than the other random ideas that have been thrown around over the past month, month and a half. Uh, it is possible that all of this gets resolved like within the next week or two. And there's some very logical solution with, I don't know that maybe these are, cause these are just still ideas for now. Nothing is confirmed. We can still criticize the ideas, uh, which we have been doing, but I mean, you know, we are a little bit yelling like it's already happened. I don't know. Just we'll see. We'll see. I know there isn't really that much we'll to see. react to. That's true. But uh, look, the NHL with these kind of things, I was reading the article about it, and the the GMs are already acting like that's what's going to be happening because when the NHL says something like this, usually that's what happens. Uh, and so we've seen a lot of speculation. But if you think about it, the NHL really hasn't said much. And uh, for Daly to say something like this, 
I mean, uh, I think it's I think it's closer to happening than maybe like uh, any other sort of rumor because this one, you know, was actually proposed by the NHL. You think about you know the other things, you know, they're just they're just kind of media speculation. But this one, we're talking about a memo, not to the media, but to the other to the to the executives and the general managers. And so, uh, look, it, when when something like this happens, I think there's a much stronger likelihood that this actual system happens that the NHL is happy with this than would say like remember the neutral site games. Like that, no, the NHL never made a statement on that until they said that they weren't going to do it. They, there wasn't, you know what I mean? So, uh, like to see something come from Bill Daly himself where he writes a memo, you know, describing the system. Uh, I think there's a strong likelihood that that's what we'll, we will be seeing and in early June as well. It could also be a case where, like, the NHL sends it out as if it were a strong possibility just to, you know, gauge the reaction on it maybe from the, the general managers, other executives, and fans too. Like, we were speculating that's what Seattle did with their name, like the, the Kraken, like, you know, leak that a little bit, see what if people liked it or not. Um, I don't know if that's actually what happened, but that's the same kind of thing I'm thinking maybe is going on here. They have this idea, and they're seeing if, if the reaction is good. Uh, for the most part, the reaction has not been good, so maybe the NHL will take a hint from that and try to think of something else. Yeah, but what was the last time the fucking NHL took a hint on anything from the fans uh, in terms of bad ideas? <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that is a fair point. But, you know, I hope... Okay, you know, I want to think about a little bit what we would do as the ideal situation. Say, just for argument's sake, that the NHL season is safe to get going again on, I don't know, no, no idea really, like, I don't know, July 20th, just a date I pulled out of thin air. Um, what would you do on the spot, think of this. How would you work out the end of the season, the playoffs, the draft, the draft lottery, free agency, all of that? Okay, here it is, all right? First of all, there's no fucking regular season. I don't want to hear it. Um, you just cut it off as it is, and you do a point percentage. Sorry, Winnipeg. I think it's Winnipeg that gets shafted on the point percentage front. Well, this sucks to be you. I mean, like, somebody was going to get cut off. Uh, I think New York misses it as well. Uh, and uh, too bad. I don't really care. Uh, and so... Uh, just uh, that's it. You have your 16 teams uh, and you have a little exhibition between them. I don't need the non-playoff teams to be playing exhibition games. There's no need to risk them for injury, COVID, all that. They're just, you're done for the season. You can relax, wait till the lottery that comes at the end of the season. Uh, and so now you have your teams. There we go. We have 16 that make the playoffs, 15 that don't. I can hold the lottery whenever the fuck I want now because I know the teams and I know their percentages. The percentages, we do a normal lottery. Normal percentages, and you just go by points percentage. That's how you rank everybody. And so that's that. And so, look, you have your teams. And playoff format, uh, oh, I mean, like, uh, I don't fucking know what I'll do with the playoffs. As short as possible, make it five games. Five games. And you hold them all in the same spot. Uh, like, each series happens in the same fucking spot. Uh, like, there's no fans anyway, so, like, is there really a home ice advantage? The answer is no, there isn't. So you hold them one series at a time, bang, 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 bang. Uh, and then you find your cup winner, congratulations. And then you have your free agency right after that. Your contract expires as soon as, you know, the cup's over. Bang. Maybe even like, yeah, you give them like a three days to prepare. Yeah, so you get, you get a little tampering going and then bang, that's it. That's free agency. You hold the draft, whatever the hell you, oh, wait, no, you hold the draft right after. Wait, usually the draft comes before free agency. So actually we'll do the draft first. If, is, that's right, right? The draft becomes before the free yeah. agency. So we'll do the draft first. We'll give them a week to prepare. Then after the draft, like give them another week to prepare for the free agency. And then the contracts expire. And that's it. That's my plan. Uh, pretty straightforward and nice and nice and clear cut. I like that plan. But uh, one thing I might disagree with, uh, in your playoff format, you're doing a five games throughout the entire thing, including the cup final. Eh, we'll throw them a bone. Make it seven for the cup final. Who cares? Okay, okay, I like that one. So if we're thinking like maybe you could have like two series going on at the same time in one location, so they'll like alternate days between games. So that would make it so that like each round of five games lasts 10 days. And then if you wanted to have like one day off between rounds, then that would be like 10 plus one, 11. The other 10 is 21, so 22. 33 and then a seven game final would last so that would mean the playoffs last like just under 50 days at the most like about 47 or 48 
So yeah, that's, that's pretty much a month and a half. So you get the playoffs done in this format by about early September, around like, I don't know, September 9th, 10th, as an estimate. Draft on the 17th, free agency contracts expire September 24th. And then you could, I don't, you would probably want a couple months off to, and before you start the next season. So would you start the next season in like middle of November? Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds perfect. And uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a perfect timeline. Thank you for sketching it out. Next season starts mid-November. And uh, as commissioner, I keep my, I keep my job. And here's the great thing with that one too, because if you wanted to, like say today, the NHL came out and said, all right, we're going with Taisei's format. Um, they could hold the draft lottery whenever they want. They could hold the draft lottery tomorrow and, you know, get some buzz, you know, oh, whoever wins the lottery, oh, Lafreniere, Byfield, all these things and generate a little bit of buzz, you know, and now we know the draft order for the non-playoff teams, at least. Well, however many months in advance, a long time in advance, like what what would it be, four months or so? Yeah, like four months, four and a half months in advance. We know the first 15 picks of the draft because we know already who's not making the playoffs. So that could work pretty nicely if the NHL wants to, you know, generate whatever buzz they would want to generate with an early June draft. They could do with the lottery and then hold the drafts when the season's actually done. Exactly. I mean, in terms of generating hype, frankly, I would be much more excited as you know, a lower fan, whether it be the Habs or the Sabres or whatever, if I know that there's a chance I win the thing or come in second or come in third, compared to, oh, yay, maybe we'll get the ninth pick, maybe we'll get the fifth pick. Uh, Frankly, when it comes to, you know, drafting, obviously there's a difference between the ninth and the fifth pick, but it's nowhere near the difference between the ninth and the first pick because it's just, in terms of value, you look at the draft, uh, it just kind of collapses uh, once you get past the, 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 in terms of value, it's like a chart that just fucking dips. Uh, very fast. And so, I mean, in terms of generating fan interest, best to have the old system. And uh, this way you can have it. And the NHL can have its cake and eat it too, except minus the regular season. Yay. All right. I think we, uh, you came up with a pretty good format there. Probably pretty much identical to what I would have come up with. Um, so we are 42 minutes in. Seems like a pretty good time to get going on this week's trivia. I have a, uh, a little quiz for you. Would you like me to explain it to you? No, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Of oh, course. Let's okay. hear it. Let's then, hear it. Okay. Uh, this, this quiz is called First Round, Later Round, or No Round. I just came up with that name on the spot. So basically how it works is I'm going to name you a prominent NHL player, active NHL player, and you're going to tell me if they were drafted in the first round, if they were drafted in a later round, or if they were non not drafted at all, if they're an undrafted NHLer, um, so you have you have, basically you're gonna have three options for all of these. So in that sense, it's a little bit harder than the 50-50 games we've been doing this week. So I might set the threshold a little bit lower. But on the other hand, I don't have such a good gauge on your your draft knowledge of all these players. So so I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe eight or nine out of twelve is a good good threshold. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's appropriate. Uh, we'll, we'll shoot high today because we've been, I've been doing pretty good at these quizzes. I think 9 on 12 is a good Okay, target. 9 on 12. Okay, it's kind of sticking with the, the draft theme. I knew we'd be talking a lot about the draft today, so I figured come up with something in that vein. So let me know if you are ready to hear player number one. Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear player number one. Timo Meyer. Okay, Timo Meyer. All right. Um, I feel like I should know this, uh, but I don't really know this. What comes to mind is middle second round pick. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's skewed by my fantasy draft. I don't remember. Um, but we'll go we'll go middle rounds on this one. Just based that I don't think he's a first round prospect. Wrong. Timo Meyer was drafted ninth overall by the Sharks in two thousand fifteen. <sighs> Unfortunate. Bad, bad start. start. Bad start. Uh, bad start. We're off right. the only one. Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Number two, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Oh, my God. This is harder than I thought it would be. Um, want to set it? Do you want to readjust it to 8 on 12? Ah, we'll see. Give me another error. Uh, and then we'll... Okay, uh, okay. okay. Tyler fucking Johnson. He's not a first-round pick. That guy is not... A first round pick. 
Um, so either one later, he feels like a seventh round pick, or maybe he was undrafted. Either seventh round or undrafted. I vaguely remember seeing something about Tyler Johnson. He's late, or he was undrafted. Um, so if we're really, oh boy, it's like 50-50 here. Um, okay. Well, that's Tampa Bay. They probably they probably fucking signed him off the street like they signed everybody fucking off the street. Ah, that, he's undrafted. Correct. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Tyler Johnson right. was signed to an entry-level contract on March 7th, 2011. By right. Tampa Bay. What do you know? What do you know? Okay. He was undrafted. All right, one for two. Right. Next player, Brad Marchand. Oh, boy. Brad Marchand. So if you think about it, uh, wait, so, so far, it's been, uh, we've had somebody in the first round, had somebody undrafted. I feel like, I feel like you're trying to like balance things. And also like Brad Marchand seems like a perfect, like fifth round pick or fourth round pick. Brad Marchand with the 170th overall pick. So we're going to go mid-rounds. I think you're playing the balance. Correct. Brad Marchand was drafted 71st overall in 2006 by Boston. Let's go. Let's go. Kind of played, I kind yeah. of played the trivia game master mind games there. And we kind of nailed All right. Okay, balance. Mm, okay. Anyway, number four, Kyle Palmieri. Kyle Palmieri. I was pretty sure I saw this guy as a first-round pick. Like, I, 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 I don't know. I think I was looking at draft classes. First round pick. Correct. Tal Palmieri was drafted 26th overall in 2009. Let's freaking go. Okay, right, we so started off poor. We're on a roll here. Let's go. We're on track. Right. We're on track. All right. I won't, I won't lose any speed. Mark Giordano is player number five. Mark Giordano. Man, that's a tough one. I just... These players, it's like you think you know, but it's like they were drafted in like, I don't know, forever ago. Uh, so, uh, Mark Giordano, eh? Interesting, interesting. Uh, maybe you're not playing the balance game because I pointed out your balance game. And so I'm going to go first round pick again. Mark Giordano was never drafted. Oh, God damn it! All right. We totally swung and missed on that one. Okay. Yeah, you did. You did. Oof. All right. Uh, next... Oof. Next, the sixth player, we're almost halfway through the quiz, Tevo Teravainen. Oh, baby. Tevo. I should know where that guy was drafted. Um, yeah, he was traded as from Chicago as a pretty fucking highly talented prospect. So we're going to go for a jump pick again. Correct. Tevo Teravainen was drafted 18th overall by Chicago in 2012. Let's go, let's go. All right, back on the right track. Four for t- four for six, midway through. Yeah, you're, All right, we need to pick it up. four for six now. So you got to pick up the pace a little bit if you want to get to that nine uh, nine threshold. So actually, you only have your margin for error is very small now. You got to get five out of these next six if you want to meet the nine correct answer threshold. That's rough, that's rough. All right, let's hear it. All right, Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was, like, a third-round pick. So we're going to go, like, a third-round pick. Mid-round. Exactly. Jake Ensel was 77th overall in Pittsburgh in 2013. All right, all right. All right. Had a good feeling about that one. Okay, next up. Next up. Next up, Josh Manson. Oh, fuck. Josh Manson. Josh Manchin. Mansion. Um, Mansion. <laughs> uh, no, Josh Manson. Um, We're just saying Josh, Josh Manson over and over again, both of us. Josh I know, Manson. I'm trying to think. Like, okay, so Josh who the fuck is Manson. he? He's the defenseman. He's the defenseman for the Ducks. Yeah, yes. Josh Manson, defenseman for the Ducks. Uh, some dude. And uh, I have no fucking idea when he was drafted. Uh, because, uh, look. This guy, um, okay, who is this, who is the other guy again? 
that played for the Ducks. It wasn't not what other guy? Him. A lot of players yeah. have played for the Ducks. No, the other defenseman, the other young defenseman, ish defenseman. You know, like uh, uh Cam Fowler. The other guy was drafted in the first. Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, him, him, him. Which yeah, one? Okay, one of those guys. I was thinking about them. I don't know. Um, okay, this is the first one. Cam Fowler. Okay, I was mixing. Okay, different from not the same guy. Got to separate those two. Josh Manson. Okay, so let's think. Is he drafted in the first round? I fucking doubt it. All right, like nobody's drafted in the first round. Um, and uh, so we have either mid round pick or like later pick or undrafted. And I don't know. Josh Manson feels like you know that kind of name. It's a drafted name. So I mean, uh, I I don't know. Fucking, I, I'm I'm gonna guess he drafted somewhere in the two to seven round range. Josh Manson was drafted 160th overall in 2011, so you're correct. <laughs> yes, what round is that? Fifth? Sixth? Uh, sixth, I think. Okay. Uh, I, I, okay all yeah, right. sixth round. He feels like a third round pick. He feels like a third round. He, his name sounds like a third round pick, but I guess not. <laughs> good thing I didn't have to guess the round. Uh, okay. Yeah, good okay. That's good. All That's right. good. All so right. you're, you're in pretty good shape now. Six, six for eight. So you've got four players left, and you got to get three of them. I'm on pace. This is the pace, right? If I continue this pace, I get an exactly 9 for 12. Yeah, yeah, you're doing well. Okay, okay. next up, Alexander okay. Radulov. Ooh, baby, that's fucking tough. Um, so, okay, so we know the story here. This man left for the NHL, uh, the KHL, after, you know, some troubles in Nashville. But, like, how do you get there in the first place? You know, it just seems like uh, if you're that young and you have the capabilities to be that good, it's just like, uh, you know... Alex Radulov probably was drafted. If not, he wouldn't be like he was a big fucking story when he left, right? So it's like uh, probably drafted. Russians don't really go in the first round if you think about it, right? It's like uh, uh, I'm thinking either first round or second round, probably this guy. Yeah, I don't know that that because because he left. When did he leave again? He left a while ago. He was young as shit, he, and so he left. Like, he left. Do you want me to tell yeah. you what year he left? To, so he left the NHL in 2012 to go back to Russia, play in the KHL, returned to the NHL in 2017. Okay. Okay. So he was pretty young. And to have that kind of like, it was a big deal. I was like, what the fuck? This guy just left Nashville. And so probably first or second round pick, probably a first round pick, probably a first round pick, probably like a late first round pick, too. We're like really nailing it down. Uh, you are correct. Alexander Radulov was drafted 15th overall by Nashville yeah. in 2004. Okay. 2004, eh? He's that old? Huh. Yeah, so he was... Okay. He was... Yeah, he was like 31 when he came to Montreal, right? So he he's like 34 now. About... Okay. All right. So he left a bit older than I thought he left. But I guess my rationale still kind of held up. Because we're here now. Yeah, so you're you're on a four four answer streak right now. You got the last four in a row correct. Uh, see if you can keep this going, Martin Jones. Okay, now that you said that, obviously I'm gonna choke right here. Um, <laughs> so, um, you really have to jinx it like that. Not a first round pick. I'm almost certain because I've had too many first round pick answers, and so you almost definitely went to like the second, the the late route range or the undrafted range. Uh, so Martin Jones was a prospect of the. Boston Bruins and undrafted prospects, especially for goalies, never happen. So I'm going to say later rounds. Martin Jones was never drafted. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. All right. This special dude. He really. Oh, God damn it. It, was, it had been a long time since you had pulled an undrafted. I should have I should have thought of that. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Yeah, maybe okay. you should have. All right. So you've got two, two more players left, and you got to get them both right to pass the quiz. Meet the threshold. All right. Are you ready? I told you, you jinxed it. You jinxed the last round. You jinxed, with this right, forest streak thing, you put too much pressure on me. All right, here we go. Okay, Matt Zuccarello. Oh, come on. He's so old. He's so old. I was supposed to get that one right. Um, so, Matt Zuccarello. Fucking Christ, how old is he? Do I get that? Uh, you want me to tell you his age? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll find sure. that. Give me his age. Give me his age. All right, let me... All right. Do I have any shot at right this? Now. Zuccarello age. He's 32. He's 32. Jesus Christ. So he was, if he was drafted, it's 14 years ago. So 2006. 
Okay, so let's just like time travel back to 2006. <laughs> and we have Matt Zuccarello. Fucking Matt's. Um, I should have really kept count of how many you put his first round, how many you put his mid rounds, and how many you put his undrafted. Because I really think you went for the balance. I really think you thought like, we're going to have four of each category and we're going to make it fun. Um, so let me think. You know, you've had a bunch of first rounders, a bunch of mid rounders. I think you've had like two or three. I think it's been two. And then Zuccarello, I think it's, who is it? Who are the two other ones? It was uh, the last guy, Martin Jones, we had Tyler Johnson. And I think I missed them both. Um, so uh, Matt Zuccarello, 2006, 18 year old um, from Sweden. Cool guy. He's from Norway. Um, so if I would I jump over manager, ah, oh, fuck my life. All right. He's from Norway. How did I miss that? He's like the one guy from Norway. Um, so yeah. Norway. And, uh, you know, a Norwegian kid, you know, maybe I think a late-round flyer. Maybe I think I can sign him afterwards. Um, so this guy's not a first-round pick. It's like he's not – Norwegian kids don't get first-round first vibes. Um, so he's either a late-round or he's either undrafted. And, you know, yeah, you know. He's on New York right now, right? Or is he on – is he a trade? I know he's with Minnesota now. Fuck, how do you get on Minnesota? All right, that's news to me. Remember, um, remember, New York traded him to Dallas last year at the deadline. And then yeah, uh, as a free agent, he signed with the Wild. Huh, okay. That ridiculous. So, remember, don't you remember Paul Fenton was like, he's like a lizard. Remember, what was the quote? Oh, yeah, he's a lizard boy, of course. Yeah, he plays I like a lizard. That. All right. Yeah. Ah, okay, is lizard boy a drafted boy and or an undrafted boy? That's the real question. Um, You know what? Lizard boy... Fuck it, we're going undrafted again. Matt Zuccarello was never drafted, correct. Oh, that's all I can go. Oh, my God, thank God. Oh, we're back down to the last question again. All right, got lucky there. Yeah, not gonna yeah, lie. I, I kind of bullshitted my way. I bullshitted my way through that one. Um, okay, we made it. Last one, here we go. All right, before we before we dive into the last one, I want to correct a couple of things you said before. Uh, first of all, you okay. said you got Tyler Johnson <laughs> wrong. You actually got that one right, undrafted. You got that one right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, something right. something irrelevant to the last question. Before when we were talking about Martin Jones, and you said that there are never any undrafted goalies. Uh, that's really not true at all. Like Martin Jones, Sergei Bobrovsky, Antti Ranta. No, 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 must have been some other ones. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. I meant undrafted goalies that get traded as prospects. Oh, that okay. never happened. Okay, that's what mind. I said. Undrafted goalies almost never get traded in like big trades like that. I don't remember who it was. Who did Jones get traded for uh, from Boston to San Jose? Well, Martin, he was actually only in Boston for like six days because he was with the, he was the backup on the Kings for a long time. Even when they won that second Stanley Cup, he was their backup. And he, they didn't want to trade him to the Sharks, even though they wanted him because, you know, big rivals. So they ended up, they traded him to Boston in the Milan Lucic trade. And uh, then Boston traded him to San Jose six days later for Sean Corrali in a first rounder. And funnily enough, right, okay. uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and funnily enough, speaking of Milan Lucic, he is the last player on this list. Oh, so Milan Lucic, yeah. okay. first rounder, a hell of a uh, later rounder, or not drafted at all. Who is Milan Lucic? Uh, do I have to say his name fifteen different times? Um, but uh, okay, but yeah. So Martin Jones traded for. So that's a pretty big trade. And you think about it, undrafted goalies don't really get traded, especially when they're younger. Um, so you know, okay, all right. So Milan Lucic. All right, so he's not undrafted because we did two in a row and you wouldn't pull that shit on me, I don't think. I don't think, would you? I don't know. Um, so I doubt he's been dra- undrafted. So he's either first round, first round talent, Milan Lucic, or he's mid-round talent, Milan Lucic. Um, okay, so if we think about it, he was on Boston. You think Boston would, would draft that guy uh, high up? I, I don't fucking know. Um, Jesus Christ. First, like, 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 if you got to think, like, how old this guy's like 36 or something? Or he skates like he's 36, probably like 31. Yeah, okay. He skates like he's 36, but uh, he's younger than that. 30. So this is like 2007. This is like big boy NHL because lots of physical stuff and you like a guy like Milan Lucic. So he's they you can't pass up on Milan. That's why I don't think he's undrafted that. And the fact that the last two questions have been uh 
undrafted kids. Um, I don't think he'd put a third one. And also, in the days of 2007 NHL, a guy like Milan Lucic, big physical, he's definitely getting drafted early. Um, so, first round pick. I mean, I know Boston has some weird ass problems drafting players like that in the first round. Um, but uh, fuck, first round pick, first round pick. First round pick or second round pick or third round pick. I think he's a first. Can I can I can I say that? Can I just leave that what? as my answer? He was drafted in the first three rounds. No, that cannot be your answer. Unfortunately, that's a different quiz. Oh. Okay. Unfortunately, okay. So we're on the right track here. Um. Uh, so fuck. That means I got it right. So damn. Now we got to really like it's a coin toss. First round pick or is he mid round pick? Uh, I don't know. Fuck it. We're going to say first-round pick here today. We're going to lock that in, final answer. Milan Lucic was a second-round pick. He oh, was drafted. <laughs> Milan Lucic. Oh, no. Milan Lucic was drafted in 2006, 50th overall by the Boston Bruins. So, uh, unfortunately, I think this might be the first time, or if not, then I don't think it's more than the second time that you have not met the threshold of one of my quizzes. So, uh, But good work anyway. I would like to congratulate you. Eight out of twelve is uh, not bad, and that I, I actually gave you the opportunity to claim that as your threshold. Too late to do that now, but but either way, uh, I like this quiz. Did you have a good time? I had a good time. The winning streak ends though. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I, damn it, I was close. I was. It was a real toss up between first round or mid round for Milan Lucic. God damn, I was right on the first. I was right on the first three rounds thing too. Like I would have, that would have been good. Like I, that would have been, that would have been a lot, like a home run. But unfortunately, yep. that's not the quiz. And uh, yeah, we blew it on the last question. We pulled an Alex Mellaris on that one. Wow! And, uh, wow! And uh, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Not used to this feeling of uh, <laughs> deep depression. And um, oof, oof, redemption in two weeks will be coming, and I'll get my revenge next week when I make my beautiful quiz. No, I think, no, next week, I don't know what quiz you're going to do, but I'm going to pass it. I, can, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. It's been it's been too long. Are you, are you on a losing streak right now? Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I can go back and check. I've lost at least two in a row, and I feel like it's more than that. And I don't, I definitely have a losing record when it comes to the quizzes on this show all the time. I must. Unless okay. it's just that the failures stick out in my memory, which could also be the case. Maybe. But uh, I, I, I get the same impression, too. That uh, you've gotten a lot of close ones, but uh, overall, it just seems your record is uh, tattered with losses. So, uh, okay, that was a good quiz. Solid quiz mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, before we wrap up, a little quarantine checkup. So, how you've been uh, dealing yeah. in this? I think it's sixth week, seventh week of quarantine. What's up? Uh, what's up? You know, I feel like when the calendar turned from April to May, it kind of breathed a, a fresh new life into to everyone. I don't know. Maybe it's also something to do with the weather because we had great weather this weekend. I think it was supposed to rain today, but it doesn't look like it's going to. Uh, I did a little bit of yard work yesterday. I also, uh, my family, we all drove down to, to see my grandma and we took a, a six feet apart walk around the neighborhood over there. So that staying, of course, staying a very safe distance from everybody else around. So that was nice to get out because actually in the last like two months or since um, this, you know, since COVID really started to pick up around March 13th or 14th, I've only been in a car like twice. So it was actually pretty weird to actually go into a car and sit in it and, you know, move without actually, you know, walking. It was weird. Like this weird experience of because obviously it's so you don't think about stuff like that because obviously other in normal times you're going into a car like almost every single day so to go so long without being in a car and then going back into it it was this weird experience huh funny enough uh I've actually haven't I haven't been in a car in the last fifty two days um I haven't driven <laughs> anywhere haven't been driven anywhere so uh you know probably a bad time for my driving skills but uh you know. We're helping the planet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it has been beautiful weather. I've been outside more than usual. Um, we talked about how April felt like it just went by in two days. Uh, we talked about that last week, and uh, hopefully May goes a bit slower than that. But, uh, yeah, May's been pretty good. It's pretty sweet weather. It's nice and warm, and it's my favorite time of year when summer comes around the bend. 
And uh, because frankly, I I hate the winter and uh, the summer is my shit. And we're getting there. It was a pretty, it was an all right winter. And uh, I'm, I'm so much happier for it. Yeah. Uh, wait, okay. Before we finish, I just want to make one final announcement, uh, kind of about myself, kind of self-centered. But a couple days ago, I had my final French class of all time, handed in my final French assignment of all time, and I am now totally free from the chains of learning French in school for the rest of my life. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's um, How many years of hard work was this? Oh, man. Well, we started in like, I don't know if you ever went to a preschool, but there was one near my house that I went to for like two years before kindergarten and it wasn't like a French school, but like they started introducing it to us. Like we put, you know, the days of the week in French on the little board, Vendredi or whatever it was. So that, so it's been like 15 years of learning French in school. So that's, you know, it feels nice to get that big weight off my shoulders. Wow. A long ass journey. And uh, would you say, how would you say your French is at this point? At this point, my French my French is worse than it was five years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's unfortunate, I gotta say. But uh, Because remember in sec one, we had done. like almost every yeah. single class, almost every single class was in French. And there's just been basically none of that. I, you know, I don't know, I won't talk about it on here, but my experience with French class in last year of high school with that uh, whole, whole debacle. And this year, obviously, only French classes in French. So I have been using... Uh, that language much less than I was in the past. So I guess my, my skill at it has kind of dwindled down a little bit, but, uh, but alas, it's okay. That's fair. But uh, look, the, the most important thing is no more French class. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, con- I congratulate you on that. I'm also jealous. I have another French class coming up next year. Uh, and so we're not quite there yet. Uh, my road is still, there's still one fucking French class standing there. Uh, but uh, yeah. Good for you. Uh, 15 years in the making. No more French class. What do you know? In Quebec. Thank you. All right. Uh, so I suppose that that's it for this episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. What should we call it? Uh, I want to go with a good title. I've noticed, like, uh, not by that much, but I feel like simpler titles, like Markov, we had a couple years ago, draw people in more than, than more complicated ones. So I don't know. Maybe we can call it, I don't know. Do you have any ideas? If not, I'll just come up with something. I don't know. Like our main attraction at this point is probably the quiz. So yeah. Uh, all right. So you could, I don't know something like draft quiz. No, that's boring. How about like Josh Manson? Since we repeated that over and over again like twenty times. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That probably got more time than anything. Okay, Josh Manson. That'll be the title. All if right. Come, so that's it this come, week. If you come for if you come for the Josh Manson analysis, I apologize. Yeah, you'll be disappointed. Uh, all we had was Taisei saying, was this guy a first-round pick? I fucking doubt it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, so that's the end of this episode. We'll be back next week on May 10th with quite possibly more, more signings, more news on how the NHL will proceed, and I will take uh, one of Taisei's quizzes. So take care, subscribe and share, and uh, make rhymes like I just did. Sandboard's